So <clears throat> that was Dr. Joe Dispenza. have someone uh, from Life University speaking at TED. Um, I wish you had the entire practice. Um, other than that, I thought his talk was really great. And if you read, have you read any of his books? Really? You guys have not read, you even, have you even heard of Joe Dispenza? Okay, so Evolve Your Brain should be like a must read for you guys. Evolve Your Brain by Dr. Joe Dispenza. a bunch of other ones, but that is by far uh, one of my favorites. Uh, evolve your brain, um, and, and pretty much what he said is like an executive summary of evolve your brain. Um, and I wanted to talk about that because uh, I've had a number of you, uh, Anthony Ray, kind of see, talk to me over the course of the quarter, like I usually do, about how you're handling stress and how you're so worried about the next step. And your graduation is coming, and what are you going to do? You're associate? Are you going to buy a practice? Are you going to be so scared? You're going to the loan? And stuff. So I want to kind of talk to you about this whole idea of changing your brain. And he used the he used Dr. Defender used the analogy of like you know going out going to deal with your mother-in-law. Uh, I'm going to use something much bigger, much more near and dear to your heart, which is you're graduating. What's your next step? Right. And many of you, uh, like myself, uh, I I was born uh, you know very underprivileged. Uh, we lived in, in a, an apartment uh, house where I was I lived on the pull-out couch. Uh, that was my upbringing. So my parents had no money to give me when I graduated, and even though I don't have the same kind of student loans you guys did, you know, I have $30,000 student loans, you guys probably have $40,000 student loans, but it's about the same, from 80 to, to now it's all the same. So I had zero money, uh, zero business ability. I was 20, you know, 5, 26 years old when I graduated, just like most of you guys will be. What do you think my predominant thought was coming from that background? Well, I, I wanted to make money, but I had never made money in my whole life except for I worked in food town, you know, I delivered newspapers. I started working out at 13. I was delivering newspapers back when they allowed kids to deliver newspapers. Um, they don't do that anymore, you know. And I was, and I worked in food town uh, for most of my college career, uh, which is like, kind of like Kroger's uh, down here and stuff like that. Up in, the, in the New York area. Um, so, so what do you think my predominant thought was when I was about to graduate? I am scared out of my mind. Right? I am already so far, I, like, it used to be when you were in debt, like, you were at zero. Like, I was below zero, right? All, I was always $200,000. Like, I am like, how am I ever going to get past this? Right? I'm already below this, and then I got to, I want to open up a practice, and I got some student loans to pay, and all this other stuff, and, and Lisa and I were, were dating, and we want to get married, and like, how am I going to manage all this stuff? I'm afraid, <laughs> I, I'm thinking to myself, like, it's, uh, how am I going to make all this money? Because I've never made that much money in my whole life. Like that, you know, I'm 26 years old and I have like no savings, and now I'm supposed to pay up $3,000 in student loans and run a business and, you know, a mortgage and rent and staff, right? So, talk about nerves that fire together, wire together. What nerves are firing together, wire together? Fear. I can't do this. How am I going to do this? I don't have any experience doing this. I have no, what, what, I've never done this before. How am I supposed to make money? How could I possibly make money? And that's what's going in my head over and over and over and over and over, right? But, see, and here's the deal, one thing he failed to mention, which I think is super important, that nerves are fired together, wired together, but it happens both ways, right? So he showed how you can 
conspire together and wire together something to make something good, right? Turn his anger about his, his mother-in-law into compassion, which is absolutely true. But he didn't show that he can go completely opposite, which is like I'm about to graduate, and now I'm getting afraid of graduating, and I don't know what the hell I'm going to do and how I'm going to do this. So now I'm firing the wiring, like I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it, I can't do it. Right? That was my predominant thought as I was saying, as you guys are to graduate, like, I can't do this. Right? And I don't know who it was who told me this. I have no recollection of the person. If I could remember, but someone told me you better start listening to some audio tapes in the car. Back then, it was actually physical cassette tapes. Have you ever seen those? Maybe when you were a kid. So there was cassette tapes. Listen to some tapes. And the main guy that I listened to was Zig Ziglar. And have you heard of him? Who's heard of Zig Ziglar? All right. I, maybe I'll, I'll get a chance to play some of his uh, stuff. He is probably one of the amazing, most amazing motivational speakers ever. Uh, so I went to Marietta Public Library, which was you know down, uh, kind of like where it is now, because it was a little bit, uh, a lot. Uh, it was like a little house instead of this big main place that they had. And I pulled out some audio tapes uh, and I borrowed them and I started listening. And at that time, Lisa and I were dating, and she was going to Emory, and I was here in Marietta. So I had like an hour plus drive to get myself to uh, Emory pretty much every day when I saw her. So I drove there, drove back for two hours a day with some big business. And I'm telling you, nerds and fires get wired together. Somehow or other, I don't know what it was because I never even thought of listening to tapes before, but somehow or other, Zig Ziglar penetrated my heart. And in the about eight or 10 months or so before I graduated, which was pretty much 1989, I transformed my thinking from what I was thinking, which is, I can't do it, I'm gonna fail, I don't have money, I don't know practice experience, like I've never done anything in business, so I can do it. That was listening to, to tapes. So I don't know what you guys listen to when you guys are in the car, and you may not have as long a drive as I do, or maybe you don't have to you know, go as far or whatever, um, but I would really highly suggest, not just podcasts like this one, uh, or other type of podcasts, but especially if there's over podcasts out there, it's not the same, they have an interview kind of format too, which I don't like as much, I just want to hear him, right? He, he was just totally awesome. Um, so I really suggest if you have the kind of wiring in your head right now, that is what the friends were talking about, which is the, you know, I can't do this, I can't do that, I'm gonna fail, I don't know how to do this, how am I gonna practice, how am I, how am I gonna succeed, I come from nothing, I don't ever have any money. If this is the kind of thoughts that are going through your head, because they went through my head for years and years and years. If that's the predominant thought in your head, understand that you're firing and wiring those negative thoughts, and if you don't do something about it, when you graduate, those thoughts will continue. And ain't nothing's gonna change those thoughts until you change them. Right? I know that sounds totally simplistic, right? But until you change your thoughts, ain't nothing that you, so I don't care what the hell you do, there will be no experience that you have. Because I've watched friends of mine, here's a good example, friends of mine that I graduated with, whose dad had chiropractic practices, and that's uh, because in their own heads, they had this I can't do a thing, I watched them destroy their father's practices. I watched them. Like walking into a practice that's seen hundreds of people a week and within a few years, boom, nothing. And this one particular chairman I'm living with, not even in the entire president. Right? So just because you know, just because you may have this gift of you're going into someone's practice or you're going into your dad or mom's brother or sister's practice, whatever, don't think that that, you, you know, that just because you have uh, this practice gift sitting there waiting for you, that you, your thought can't drive the thing into the ground. Right? You need to change your thinking, right? Because nerves that fire together, wire together. You need to change what you're thinking. And one of the most important things you need to change 
is well, two things. Number one, we've talked about this before, is gold. Right? How many people have written gold? Physical, written gold. All right, if those of you don't, why the hell not? Like, what on earth are you waiting for? If you do not have physical, written goals, not just for this year, not like, I want to graduate, I want to pass out these, I want to pass part four. Like, those are important goals, got to have that, right? Absolutely. But you better have some written goals on what you want for your life, right? Here's my suggestion. We have another great book for you. Read the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Like, probably one of the most important, most powerful books I ever read. And one of the greatest lines in that book was, begin with the end in mind. It's one of the habits. Begin with the end in mind. So what, what Dr. Covey says, he died a few years ago, and so does Vic. Uh, um, but what uh, Dr. Covey, um, <laughs> these, these are like my heroes. All my heroes are, are dying or dead. It's really horrible. To, I'm outliving all my heroes. Um, Dr. Sid, Dr. Sigurds, Dr. Manto, Covey, you know, Vic Ziggler. Um, Anyway, so what Dr. Covey said, begin with the end in mind, which is, he said, I want you to write your epitaph. Someone is delivering your sermon about your life. What should it say? Right? And then when you come up with that sermon, live that life. Right? So it probably wasn't like I spent, he spent all his time in the office. He never uh, played with his kids. He made unbelievable amounts of money, but he got divorced and, you, you know, his kids hated him. And that's not the thing you want people to say at the end of your life. Right? Right? At the end of your life, you want someone to say the guy was like an unbelievable father, an amazing husband, and he supported his, his family, but he was also this un incredible chiropractor, and he touched all these kids and all these pregnant women, and he made an amazing contribution to humanity, and he was just, he's going to be missed so sorely because of everything that he, you know, thinks that and did for his, you know, or whatever it would be, right? That's what you want. So if that's the life you want, then you best plan it. Right? Because uh, without a plan, you got nothing. Right? Uh, 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 if you fail to plan, right, what is it? What happens? What's the saying? You plan to fail. Right? If you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Right? And when I was in your shoes in 1989, I had zero plans. My plan was, holy cow. <laughs> you know? It probably wasn't even, it was probably worse than that. Right? Probably some four letter words I can't say. Right? It was like, oh my God, I'm about to, to graduate and I'm just gonna blow it and people are gonna hate me and my parents are gonna be so mad at me and I'm gonna live in my parents' apartment for the rest of my life. This is the crap that was going through my head, right? Right, right, 20, yeah, here I am. I spent all this time, I'm still with my parents. Right, this is the kind of, this kind of stuff that going through my head. And, but Zig Ziglar, and listening listen to it over and over, I pounded this stuff in my head. So I would listen to him back and forth every day, going back and forth to the research. And I'd read, I'd read Ziglar's, Ziglar's books, and I'd read Stephen Covey's books, and I just pounded myself. I flooded my mind with this information, and nerves of fire together, wired together, and I changed it. By the time I graduated, I shifted my thinking so that I became to, I started to attract what I wanted in my life instead of focusing on what I didn't want, right? Because it sure is easy to focus on what you don't want, right? It sure is easy to focus on the negative and the wrong and the bad and the, and the things that aren't positive. You can focus on all the wrong things. You can focus on how much money do I owe? How can, I, I have no you can focus, you can make a list of how, why should I fail? You can make a nice big list over here. Why should you see this like empty? Right, nothing there, right, right? But that's not how it should be, right? You know why you should succeed? I'm going to give you one reason why you should succeed. Why the hell not? Right? 
Why not? You should succeed. Why not shouldn't you succeed? Who are you not to succeed, as Marianne Williamson would say? Who are you not to be amazing? Right? You've probably read some of Marianne Williamson's stuff. And if you haven't, there's no great But why not? Why shouldn't you succeed? And you know what? It's not that you should or shouldn't succeed and really do it paying back your lungs. You know why you should, should succeed? Look at your sitting in this class. Because the kids are dying if you don't. If you don't succeed, kids will die. Do you ever think of it that way? Kids are going to die if you don't succeed. Kids are going to have a crappy life if you don't succeed. Kids are going to be institutionalized if you don't succeed. Kids are never going to become the person they should become if you don't succeed. What about that little boy with cerebral palsy? If I never adjusted him, he'd never be relatively normal today, right? What about that little boy who came in who was autistic, who was not speaking, and now speaking full sentences? What, what a difference that would be. What about the kid who was on Ritalin and going crazy, and now he's like focused on super solid? What would have happened if we didn't touch them? <coughs> what would happen, right? You don't know. That's why you should succeed. The first reason is why the hell not, right? Why not you? Why not, right? And the second reason is if you don't think of all the kids who are going to be hurting because of it, right? You have a responsibility to succeed. You, this isn't about paying back. Who the hell cares about your student loans and taxes and mortgage and rent? That, that, that stuff is immaterial. What is super important is why you're doing it, right? To write the essay. Go home tonight, spend an hour or so, think to deal with the end of mind, say, what, what do I want them to say when I'm no longer here? Like it's 70, 80, or 100 years, whatever you want your life to be, from now, and you, you write, you sit down, and you might cry, might cry, tear up. I did when I forced this, and so did Lisa, we run it together. Look, you're probably gonna tear up, but that's okay. Tear up and talk about it with your spouse, or partner, or friend, or whatever, and think about what is it is that that person, you want that person to represent, and when you think about it, then start writing the goals that are gonna get you there, right? So start living the life that is gonna aim you there and start firing and wiring, like the Spencer talked about, firing and wiring those ideas that will get you to that dream, right? To get you to become that person that you want to become at the end, right? Well, you better have to start now to become that person, right? Don't wait till you graduate. Oh dear, I guess I didn't think about that. You know, I should have thought about this a while ago, right? Don't be those people. Because then you start firing and lying to one thing, like, oh, I should have done this, I should have, should have, should have. And then, as Jim Rowney says, you, you shoot all over yourself. Right? I should have, should have, should have, should have. You're shooting all over yourself. Right? Don't shoot all over yourself. Right? <laughs> right? It's not a four letter, but that's five letters, right? Don't shoot all over yourself. You got it? You got to should. S H O U L D. My New York accent. Don't do that. You want to you want to be able to think about what you want. You want to fire and wire your brain so that you can reach the dreams that you want. And don't wait for later on to start doing that. Like tonight or right after class. Write what what is you know, begin with the end of mind and write that stuff out and start living that life. Not the life of fear, not the life of panic, not the life of what am I gonna do and I don't deserve and all this. I mean, we can talk about all these negative things that are uh, in our heads, but don't, that's gotta end, right? It's gotta end, today is it, you're done, just cut it off, right? And it's gonna take a while to unwire that, right? It's a little unrealistic to think that in one little sitting at a car, you know, pulling over by the side of the road, you're gonna think about your mother-in-law and something changes to this loving being, right? But that's how it starts, right? It won't be complete, but that's how it starts. Do you wanna start creating some new firing, some new wiring, some new neurons and synapses? 
It's got to start somewhere, right? And I suggest you do it tonight.